Greetings, podcast listeners, and welcome to Low Definition, the most fun you can have with a dictionary without risking life-threatening paper cuts. I'm your host, Steve Lutz, and dear listeners, I'm so very glad you're here, because frankly, these contestants seem a little sketchy, and I may need you to back me up if a rumble breaks out. Anyway, let's find out exactly which rogues are skulking around the gallery tonight. First up, Aline Sims is back to make another run at this thing. Hi, Aline. I'm first, Stephen. That's very you exciting. Are indeed. Now, last time you were on, I told you I had a good feeling you were bound for victory, and uh, you lied. That didn't uh, that didn't really work out? But this time, I got to say, I have a very good feeling this might just be your game tonight. Okay. Okay. Well, you know the signal, remember? Uh, what signal? Hmm. Yeah. That sounded convincing, yep. right? Yep. Anyway, I'm yep. just going to keep saying that every time you're on until you actually win. At which point, <laughs> I will look like a genius. Yes. Uh. Yeah, we'll see. Well, here's somebody else who either really likes this game or just enjoys wallowing in defeat. It's the surprisingly durable Brian Hamilton. Good day, Brian. How's it going? It's going well. Oh, and Brian, just so you know, I have a good feeling that tonight just might be your game. Hey! (laughs) Joining us for the first time is Mr. Aline Sims, also known as Justin Michael. Welcome, Justin. It's a pleasure to be here. I look forward to probably, you know, coming coming in last. (laughs) <laughs> well, that's, uh, everybody gets to enjoy that at one time or another. I get to enjoy it almost every game, and I can tell you, it's a real thrill. Uh, still recovering from last month's gathering of the Juggalos, but still hoping to repeat his ridiculous win from last episode, Philip Moselak is back. Howdy, Mose. Woo-hoo! I'm ready. Uh, you, you are not going to win tonight. I just wanted to lay that out. <laughs> can, is it possible that my technique is flawless and can go the stretch again? I don't know. There's only one way to find out. Let's see what happens, huh? I've got a good feeling. Thank goodness it's not a school night, because Tiffany Arment is up past her bedtime again. Welcome back, Tiff. You're worth it, guys. Worth it. I got lots of coffee. I'm ready to go. I'm awake. Yes. Way to go. You've you've laid in some supplies so you can survive the evening. I've been studying. This is like late night cram session. A wise decision. By the way, I think tonight may just be your night. I think so, too. You know what they say, lucky in love, mediocrity, and low definition. I don't know what that means. Uh, <laughs> rounding out this batch of goofballs, it's the one, the only Jason Snell. Hey, Jason, how are you? Hi, Steve. I'm feeling pretty good. I'm sad that Dan Warren's not here because that's how I get points. But I'm happy that's that right. David Lohr's not here because he always beats me. Yes. Well, with Dan not here tonight, I expect you and I will be spending the evening hanging around the rear of the pack. Yeah, I expect that. Yeah. It's good fun. Uh, so that's our players. Incidentally, those players were introduced in order of play as determined by random.org. Random.org. We're so random, we goat proximate magic pants. Gravy. <laughs> so, uh, guys, here's how we play low definition. In each round, I will give you an obscure word. In exchange, you will give me a definition for that word. Uh, if you think you know the real definition, you can send me that. And if you're right, you get a cool three points. If you don't know the real definition or you just want to be devious, send me a fake definition that you think might sound plausible to the other players. I will read all of the definitions, and uh, everyone gets a chance to pick the one they think is real. You get two points if you guess the right definition, and one point for each player you fool with your fake definition. Uh, We played 18 points, which historically has been the winning score in every country except Vietnam. In Vietnam, it was 19. Hmm. Oh, and uh, one more tiny little wrinkle. If nobody guesses the correct definition in a round, I, your host, earn a ridiculous six points. 
That means that if you all blow it three times, I win, you all lose, and the podcast is ruined. So let's, uh, let's try not to do that, shall we? So is everybody ready to play this dumb game? Yeah, I guess. Yay! <laughs> the enthusiasm levels are off the charts. As That's... ready as I ever could be for any <laughs> ever since puberty. <laughs> so deadpan, so right. Well, let's see if we can't drag those energy levels even lower with this first round word, which is quidnunk. Quidnunk. That's Q-U-I-D-N-U-N-C. Quidnunk. Won't you please send me your definitions for the word quidnunk now? I do my cricket whistle, but I'm worried my lips aren't wet enough. This hey late now. at night. <gasps> wow. Nice. Whoa. Wow. Who let a cricket in here? That came out of That's you? That's very impressive. Yeah, thanks. It's my superpower. Yeah. That and I can smell silk. <laughs> you can smell silk? Like I can smell the, the contents of silk in a blouse. It's amazing. The wait, contents like, wait. of silk? Yeah, con- yeah like, like you if, can if quantify silk, it? How much silk is being kept inside the blouse, stuck in there? <laughs> yeah. How accurate is it? Like, can you say, like, that's that that blouse is half silk? Or can you get down to, like, 27%? I'm not sure. I've never tested the percentage. So my, my strengths and powers are, are unquantified. Bitten by a radioactive silkworm. Bitten by a radioactive cricket. <laughs> yeah. I don't know how you can live with that power and not test your limits. My silk power or my cricket power? Like all the great superpowers, you need to see exactly how far this power can take you. Well, I'm afraid who might get hurt in the wake yeah, that's true. of my silk sniffing. I didn't think of that. That's true. That's very true. Yeah. All right. All of the definitions are in for the first round word, which, as you may recall, was quidnunk. Mm. Uh, I am going to now read you those definitions, and it's up to you to figure out which one is the real definition for quidnunc. So here we go. Quidnunc, the scientific term for the anal cavity of a fish. Oh, boy. The monetary unit of 17th century Scotland. The action of spelling a word incorrectly. A British slang term for a person who was imprisoned in debtor's jail. An inquisitive and gossipy person, a small container for paper currency, or a medieval currency backed by the Catholic Church. Those are your options for the word quidnunc. One of those is legitimately the definition for that word. The other ones are all fake. It's up to you to figure out which is which, and we will start with Aline. Aline, which one of those is quidnunc? There's so much pressure choosing first. Um... What was what was the third from the last? Oh dear. <laughs> the inquisitive and gossipy person? Yes, that one. All righty. Brian, you're up. British slang for somebody who's in debtor's prison. Okay, Justin. I'm going to go with the science anal fish thing. Science anal fish. Thing. <laughs> okay. Uh next up is Mose. Mose, what do you think? Let's uh let's hear your 45 minutes of strategizing. <laughs> First of all, I've oh, never gone that long strategizing. However, I can tell you we have two definitions that involve money. Uh huh. That that takes them off the table. Gone. Oh, okay. I actually believe we have it's, three. three. Does that change that, your uh, your calculus any? Absolutely. It's a sliding rule, and the sliding rule says with uh, confidence. You can't block the plate unless you have the ball and. Yeah. 
If you're not going into the base and you take out the second baseman, you're out. Right. Yeah. So here it is. Yes. You said with confidence that Aileen had a good chance. The second time you said it, it sounded different. So I'm going to follow Aileen that it's what, like a, uh, what, what was hers? Uh, and you don't even know. Third from and the last. Person. This is reckless. <laughs> One that was third from the last. You think it's about the definitions, people. It's not. It's how it's said. And I'm going to follow Aileen blindly. You play the players, <laughs> not the cards, right? Is that it? Wow. Exactly. He's, he's on a, a whole other strategy. level from the rest of us. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I should note that I beat myself senseless between every round, so I don't know which one is the real definition as I read them. I'm just that devoted. Uh, next up is Tiff. What do you think, Tiff? I'm going to go with the one about incorrect spelling. The action of spelling a word incorrectly. All right. So I think I have that, whatever that is, if it's that quidnunk or what. You got a bad case <laughs> of the quidnunks? I do. Quidnunkitis? Wow. Quidnunk pro. Pro quo. <laughs> Last up is Jason. Which one of these is a quidnunc, Jason? Uh, I'm going to go, uh, I think I'm going to join Brian in debtor's prison. Okay. Seems like a good call. All righty. Well, let's see how that all played out. Uh, Justin thought that a quidnunc was the scientific term for the anal cavity of a fish. That was, in fact, Tiffany Arment's answer. <laughs> of course it was. <laughs> she of course it was. What? <laughs> I have a pretty good feeling as to why she chose to go with that lowbrow answer, and it has something to do with the fact that I like lowbrow answers. <laughs> I know. I was totally playing to you, Steve. I was. I thought so. But I'm not guessing here, so... I know. It's unfortunate. Uh, and it's interesting that on the only person that was taken in by that was the new guy. See, I was hoping that they would think that you would pick a answer that had anal in it. So. <laughs> Seems on brand. All right. So uh, speaking of Tiff, she thought that a quidnunc was the action of spelling a word incorrectly. Well, there's your first point, Mose. Down the road to your second win. Let's see how it goes from here on out. <sighs> da, 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 da. Hope you're proud of yourself. Let's, uh, let's continue with Mose then. Aline and Mose both thought that a quidnunc was an inquisitive and gossipy person. Yes, indeed. That is a quidnunc. Oh, wow. <gasps> nice. Good job, Aileen. So two points each for Aileen and Philip Moselak. And that leaves a British slang term for a person who is imprisoned in debtor's jail, which both Brian and Jason hopped on. That was Aileen's answer. So two more points for Aileen there. Wow. Strong round for Feeling Aileen. Feeling good about Aileen. Who, by the way, I Thank think you, this may be her night. So after that first round, uh, here's how it all plays out. Aline is in the lead, a strong early yes. lead with four points. <gasps> Although close on her heels is Mose with three uh, in third place with one point is Tiff, and nobody else got nothing. So, uh, wow, a strong commanding uh, start for the sprinters in the group. But uh, round two could change it all. Let's see what happens. So uh, our word for round two is a listener word. Hooray! Yes, indeed, we have listeners who write in words to us, and we greatly appreciate it. And in this case, uh, this word was submitted to us by listener Katrina. And the word she submitted was wobbygong. <laughs> wobbygong. W-O-B-B-E-G-O-N-G. Wobbygong. Please submit your definitions for wobbygong now. On the shores of Lake Wobbygong, all the children are below average. If I have too much wob, I spray this, and it's a wobbygong. <laughs> wobbygong, sure. Why wouldn't it be? 
Wabigong. Wabigong. <laughs> Doesn't that just make you so sleepier? Good. That's fantastic. That's nuts. It's possible that you're part insect between your silk sniffing and your uh, your cricket whistling. Comes from the Portuguese side of my family, I think. Really? They're classic cricket whistlers, those Portuguese. Mm-hmm. Mm. Some chick taught me on the bus. Whoa. Wabigong. Wabigong. Is this the show? When does the show start, Steve? Is this that? There's no show, Jason. This is just our, our regular Saturday night thing. <laughs> oh, this is, yeah. We're just having fun. Is somebody recording this, really? Okay. We do have fun. We do have fun. All right. All of the definitions are in for the word. Wabigong. Wabigong. Which was kindly submitted by listener Katrina. So here are your options. Wabigong. An ancient African coming-of-age ritual. An Australian carpet shark. A dressage technique in which the horse crosses its fore and hind legs simultaneously. A seahorse native to the Indian Ocean. A Nigerian ceremonial drum circle. A small instrument popular in the 8th and 9th centuries, typically made of tin or brass. Or a small nocturnal marsupial native to the Australian outback. Oh my gosh. Those are your options for the word wabigong, and the first to get to decide amongst those is Brian Hamilton. Brian, what's a wabigong? A wabigong is the word that you just made up for us to make (laughs) fake definitions for. No, no. Mm -hmm. Listener Katrina made this word up. Listener Katrina, I think you just made up as well. Um, I'm going to choose the instrument because that seems (laughs) like the least othering of any of these sounds good the small instrument popular in the eighth and ninth centuries oh crap it said small i was wrong no i'm gonna keep it i'm gonna keep it all right uh justin what's up uh let's go with the marsupial go with the marsupial just in the pouch heck it's the 21st century why not it's not like in the cartoons it's all mucusy in here oh man It's all mucusy in here, yeah. It's just going to get more and more mucusy as the game goes on. Just wait. Uh, Mose, what's a wabi going? I feel like Australia has something to do with this for sure. Uh-huh. But what, 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 doesn't that disqualify it because there are too many Australian questions? I'm confused now. How many questions does it mean, d- d- disqualifies it? Because Iocane comes from Australia. <laughs> yeah, there are two. <laughs> there, there's a bunch of d- t- pairs in here. However, I hear Australia in it. But Justin just picked one of the Australian with the marsupial. So I'm going to have to go to the other one. And uh, what, that and is? that was what? <laughs> uh, come on. It was like the second one. What was it? That'd be the Australian carpet shark. I like it. Sounds right. OK, we'll see how that pans out. Tiffany, what's your choice? I wrote in my notebook uh, the Moe's nose. So I'm also going to go with the carpet shark. The Moe's nose. I smell definition. And the nose Moe's from time to time. Uh, Jason. I really like the Australian vibe, too. Um, I actually think there may be three Australian answers here, because that seahorse native to the Indian Ocean may also be off the coast of Australia. I'm going to go with the seahorse. The seahorse. Sounds great. Uh, And lastly, Aline. So since we are fresh off the Olympics, I'm going to say that it's the dressage thingy. The dressage thingy. That drove me away from it because I thought somebody was was thinking of the Olympics. But you're right. It could also have prompted the I think it's timely. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like someone watching it and like, yeah, no, this would be a really great low definition word. Thank you of thinking of us during the Olympics. We appreciate that. (sighs) 
Well, let's start with that one then. Aline thought that wabigong was a dressage technique in which the horse crosses its fore and hind legs simultaneously. No, indeed. That was Tiff's answer. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I presume that she watched the Olympics and thought this would be a good thing to use for an upcoming low-definition game. Hmm. <laughs> that is not what listener Katrina did, who actually sent me this word like three months ago. But we have a bit of a backlog, so what are you going to do? Ah, let's see. Jason thought that a wabigong was a seahorse native to the Indian Ocean. That was Brian's answer. Hello, Jason. This Hi, is Brian. Dan Morin in <gasps> Brian Hamilton's body. Oh, boy. Crisscross. Well, if you're really Dan Morin, we'll then you will jump, have picked jump. Jason's answer. What you picked was a small instrument popular in the 8th and 9th centuries, typically made of tin or brass. Not Jason. It's Justin. They sound similar, <gasps> similar. but they are not the same. First point ever. Woo! <laughs> you're welcome. Speaking of Justin... He thought that the wabigong was a small nocturnal marsupial native to the Australian outback. That was Jason's answer. Yay! So there's kind of like a triangle thing going on here, mm-hmm. I guess. Or something. Like Twilight. Well, that leaves two more answers, or two more guesses, I should say. Both Mose and Tiff thought that a wabigong was an Australian carpet shark. That's correct. I'm sure if listener Katrina from Australia were here, she would tell you that you are indeed correct. Oh. Two points each. Yeah, the Moe's knows. The Moe's and Tiff. Follow the Follow ace. the Moe's. <laughs> Although you all managed not to guess Moe's Nigerian ceremonial drum circle this time out, so congratulations at least for that. So, uh, after two rounds, guess who's in first? It's Philip Moselak with five points. Yes. Uh, tied for second with four points each. We've got Aline and Tiff. Strong showing, ladies. And... Uh, we've got a three-way tie for fourth. Brian, Justin, and Jason each have one point. Uh, I, as usual, am in dead last with nothing. But that's okay, because I'm enjoying myself anyway. So, uh, you know, I've kind of had my fill of words for a while. Let's do something a little different here for round three. Words are stupid. Stop it. Words are dumb. Let's not do... Well, these actually all involve words anyway. But this particular round is called Plop, Plop, Fizz, Fizz. Uh, Pretty simple round. I'm just going to give you guys the name of a company or organization and a time frame. You are going to tell me their advertising slogan that was used during that period. So, for example, if I told you Volkswagen... 1990, you would, of course, reply with Farver Nugan. Yes, there it is. Uh, I'm not going to give you one that easy, though, for this round. Instead, I want you to tell me what was the advertising slogan in 1965 of the British Hat Council. (laughs) Yes, that's a thing. And yes, they advertised in 1965, so... Won't you tell me what that advertising slogan was for the British Hat Council now? I wonder if that still exists, the British Hat Council. Probably. They still wear hats there. (laughs) That's a very British thing, hats. And councils. And councils, yes. Yes. Can't throw a stone without hitting a council. Now, is the British Hat Council, is that like a government, like a branch of their government? Or is it like a privately run company? Uh, It's a council of some kind. That's, uh, That's all I know. I'm waiting for uh, the crazy round. Mm. It's going to be a while. Never heard of it. Yeah, I think you did. And I think we saw what Deny happened with that. Deny everything, Steve. Deny it. Deny the crazy <laughs> round exists. 
call it the sweep round. Honestly, that's the reason I didn't go with Carpet Shark, is I was afraid, like, I didn't want to follow the Moe's, because it's like, that's what he wants you to do. So you're in my head now, Moe's. I'm now, I'm now completely confused about what I should do. So, good job. Get him out oh, of your head as soon as possible. I don't know. You guys should follow. I, don't, I think it's a good strategy. D- Tiffany, it did it work? It, did it worked. Work? I've already See? started constructing a small effigy to you. <laughs> whoa, whoa. Usually you construct an effigy so you can torch it later, so... Well... The Wicker Man. The Wicker Mose. If my hook gets set, she will. Yes. <laughs> well, if he leads me down the wrong path, I just might, so... Mm. Gotta be careful. I think the question is, how do I have strands of his hair? Whoa! That's, getting awkward. That's crazy. <laughs> he doesn't have strands of his hair, really. You know, a lot of these rounds, I put them out there, and then as the answers come in, I kind of shake my head and go, uh, that was not a great idea. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> this one, I'm feeling pretty good about, I gotta tell you. Hey, hey, Tiff. Hey. D- d- does, your little, does your little wicker Mose, does he have a little British hat on? Does he whisper things to you that help you in this game? <laughs> He's dressed as a juggalo, actually. Follow the clown, follow the clown. All right, folks, all of the advertising slogans are in for 1965's British Hat Council. Uh, I shall now read them, and you shall decide which one is the proper slogan. Stand taller than the rest. To the tippy top. Hmm. If you want to get ahead, get a hat. (laughs) 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 Keep calm and put your hat on. (laughs) Service, you can hang your hat on. Winston wore one. (laughs) Or hats for propriety's sake. There we go. (laughs) One of those is the actual advertising (laughs) slogan used by the British Hat Council in 1965. Which one do you think it was, Justin? My my sweet good lord. Um, I guess I really should have British those up. Huh? Yeah, oh, something. what are you going like, to do? Winston? Who the hell is Winston? Um, <gasps> sta- <laughs> yeah. oh, that, oh, that one. Well, I don't know. Like, why would they use him? Why? I'm thinking like he's awesome. pop culture. <laughs> <in> <laughs> they use him. Nobody stupid Winston Churchill. In 1965, pop, co- whatever. Stand taller than the rest. We'll go with that. Taller than the rest. All right. All right, Mose. Uh, do I have time while you're analyzing this to go get another beer? I think I probably do. You probably do. Because um, I'd, I'd like the same courtesy in a little bit. Winston War One sounds really good. However, that would have been 20 years past. So I don't think they would have been that nostalgic. So I'm thinking the, well, wait a minute. Stand taller than the rest. That would be like. Stiff upper lip. Steve, what was the last one, if you're back from your beer? Hats, for propriety's sake. Indeed. See, that sounds so good, and I know it's fake. I know it's fake. We got some good copywriters here, is what I'm what I'm noticing. Great. We should yeah, all bad. be in the 60s in English. Yeah. This, this is my juggalo, and I'll pick it. This, you're going to pick a juggalo, huh? Yeah, this is my juggalo. All right. Hat, is, was it hats for propriety's sake, or Winston wore one that you... No, hats for propriety's sake. Hats for propriety's sake. Uh, Pip, Pip, Tiff, it's your turn. Cheerio. All right. You may all think now that I'm following the Moe's, but I really was (laughs) going to pick hats for propriety's sake. Were you? I was. 
Hey, Jeff, it's it's your doll. You should pick that one. Shh, the doll told me. Okay. Wicker Mose says it's a good idea. Well, Jason, are you going to follow your Mose as well? No. It always Mose. Mm-mm. I'm going all the way uh-huh. to the tippy top. To the tippy top with Jason. Very good. Nice. It's lonely there, I, I understand. Aline. I'm going to say the 60s rise of hippie type counterculture down with hats and they were trying to promote them and they said if you want to get ahead get a hat if you want to get ahead Um, get a hat and brian hey aline i i think this is going to be your game i'm going with uh if you want to get ahead get a hat follow the aline follow the aline (laughs) oh there it goes someone has an aline doll we're going to divide up into, like, uh, what was it from Life of Brian? The shoe and the something or other. We're going to have the Moe's and the Aline. All right. Well, why don't we start with that one then? Uh, was the the uh, advertising slogan in 1965 for the British Hat Council, if you want to get ahead, get a hat? Aline and Brian sure thought so. And they were 100% correct. That wow. was wow. the advertising slogan for the British Hat Council in 1965. Good job, Aline and Brian. I'm pulling apart the Moe's doll. It is in pieces and shall be rebuilt as a lean. <laughs> so Moe's did not get it that time, but don't feel too bad because you fooled Justin with your stand taller than the rest. Whoop, 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 whoop. To the tippy top got Jason Snell. That was Tiff's answer. Aw, that's a great. It sounds so, it sounds so British, right? <laughs> right, exactly. They're so cute. No one went for Justin's keep calm and put your hat on. Nor did they go for Brian's service you can hang your hat on. Uh, Winston wore one, almost reeled in Moe's early on, but uh, Jason gets no points for that. Churchill died in 1965, so it would have been perfect for nostalgia. Oh, wow. Which, uh, which leaves Aline, who benefited from hats wow. for propriety's sake, <laughs> reeling in both wow. Moe's and Tiff. She sunk the hook! It's Aline's world. We're just living in it. She's rocking it. She's rocking it to the tune of eight points. I have a good feeling about Aline. She leads the pack in round three. My shrine's almost complete. She's halfway there after three rounds. Very impressive. Hold you. Uh, In second place with six is Moe's. He's still holding pretty strong. Doing not bad. Uh, Third place with five points is Tiff. Uh, In fourth place with three points is Brian. Uh, And uh, tied for fifth with one point each, it's Justin and Jason. I still have nothing. Anywho... Uh, round four. It's back to words for this oh, one. Thank Sorry, God folks. it's back to words. I really missed the words there. Back to words. I know. But that was a good job with that one. I'm very impressed with your uh, your advertising copywriting abilities. Nicely done. So uh, the word for round four is Jafail. Jafail. That's J-E-O-F-A-I-L. Jafail. Please send me your definitions for Jafail to now. You think you pass, but you fail. <laughs> oh, this is so ridiculous, Steve. Come on. on. I mean, you just thought you, thought you had I, this locked I, in, Mose. What's this? What's all this concern I'm hearing from you right now? Well, it just I got to make a definition so I can get extra points. See, that's my, my game now. I right. I got to think strategy. If you want a uh, slogan for your strategy, let us know. I'll put a hat on it. See what you did there. Thanks. Appreciate put it. Put a hat on it. That's a good one. I really wish I thought of that. When you're embarrassed, put a hat on it. Jafail. My Aline shrine is only missing little glasses. D- does that have purple? Purple hair? Yes. You got to be accurate. 
It was me just, you know, five minutes ago. Oh, no, you've been deconstructed. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's harder than it sounds. <clears throat> hold on, let me... <clears throat> uh, wait, hold on. <clears throat> I think that lip smacking at the beginning is an essential <laughs> part of the experience. <laughs> I, I have to drink something. Crickets only wish they could pull that off. Oh, see, now I'm all dried up. <laughs> do it. Oh, boy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, 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 it's gone for the night. Good night, Cricket Whistle. Seems weird that it would be in the afternoon, not the night. Good night to the Red Balloon. That book. Yeah. Good night to the Shovel and Pail. Good night, Jafail. Who leaves porridge on the table like that? Rabbits. Overnight. They hate porridge. With mice I'm not around. Sure why they made it. But there's mice scurrying everywhere, and you're leaving porridge out? Are you crazy? Well, that's, that's why you get mice. Irresponsible. That's what that Indeed. is. Indeed. Rabbits, man. They are rabbits, right? They are rabbits, yeah. All righty. All the definitions are in for... Jafail. And nobody went with an Aladdin reference. I'm very disappointed. But that's okay. We're waiting for the return of Jafail. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Subpar. Uh both the joke and the movie. Yeah. Uh, so these are the <laughs> definitions I have for the word jafail. Actually, the joke was pretty good. Um, it's too late, Steve. These are they. Jafail. To lose one's confidence. <laughs> to flub the telling of a joke unintentionally revealing the punchline. Hmm. A clay-based compound used to repair terracotta. A mistake made in a legal pleading. Think quizzically about a popular idea. A countywide governing body in Ireland, or in ancient Mesopotamia, the giant responsible for the volcanic destruction of cities. So there you go. One of those definitions is the real meaning of Jafail. Uh, and the first to decide from amongst those is Mose. Mose, what do you think? Now, there have been two in there that's the classic low definition. I'm going to make something to do with pottery. Uh huh. So those are off the table. That's off the table. <laughs> the pottery is off the table. All right. See, that joke only works with Fleischman and Lore. Doesn't work with me. Uh huh. What does work with you? This is tough. I am really at a loss. Why is it this tough? I don't know. The legal plea. Yes. I'll take it. Is that what you're going with, or are you just saying words now? Well, I am kind of saying words, but that seems to look. I'm, I'm three beers in. That's that's what's going to be. All right, let's move on then before he changes his mind. Tiff, what do you think? I'm going to go with the one about losing one's confidence. All right, Jason. I, uh, despite the strict uh, no pottery rules that Moe's holds to, I'm going to go with the uh, clay compound used to repair terracotta. Very good, bad idea. You're a fool, Jason. We'll see. I know. I know. Well, I have one point. So, yes, you're right. Aline, what are your views on pottery-based answers? Um, I I am ambivalent, actually. I do not think I'm going to go with this pottery-based answer, though. Should I go with Moe's? Should, should we just throw everything for a loop and have Aline and Moe's team up? Um, Come on. Goes. That can't happen until the 12th issue. <laughs> <sighs> um, it's the pilot. We're going to do it. Come on. Okay, jump yeah, with, jump right. with me. Okay. Okay, we'll do it. All right. Legal pleading. Mose and Aline for the legal pleading. Uh, Brian. What was the third? A clay-based comp- compound Pottery. used to repair terracotta. Mm, let's go with that one. I'm a fan of it. All right. Brian Carr in the pottery. 
bad idea. It's going to send us to debtor's prison later. So, yeah. We'll know soon. (laughs) And Justin. So, I'm tempted to pick to lose one's confidence, but I think the urge is coming from the fact that that's just how I feel right now. Uh Uh-huh. So, instead, I'm going to go with the giant volcano destruction city thing. Very good. Well, why don't we start with that one then? Uh, Justin thought that uh, Jafail was in ancient Mesopotamia, the giant responsible for the volcanic destruction of cities. Jafail, that was Aline's answer. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, uh, what else we got? Oh, uh, Tiff thought that Jafail was to lose one's confidence. Uh, I hope you don't lose your confidence when I tell you that that was Moses' answer and you just <sighs> gave him one more point. You were mosed. I was mosed. I was mosed down. Huh? You, cha- oh, you changed the wicker man. Change your insight. I should have never taken him apart. And yet you did. Jason and Brian both went with the pottery-based answer, the clay-based compound used to repair terracotta. Is that Jafail? No, it is not. That was Justin's answer. Two points for Justin. Beware the pottery, man. Are you sure you've never played before? This is my first time on the show, but I've listened to every previous episode, and I knew that some of you would fall for the pottery thing. Mm. I sort of picked it by default because I didn't like any of the others, but you you win. You you prove you're proven strong. right. Yeah, I couldn't remember very any of the strong. <laughs> and that leaves Mose and Aline, who both thought that Jafail was a mistake made in a legal pleading. Were they correct, or did they just give me my first points? Come on. They did not. That is the correct definition for Jafail. Wow. Oh my made god! In a legal Nice job, so Aline. So some points that time, he, uh, he's kept pace with by Aline, who still leads with 11 points. Okay. Uh, in second place is Moe's with nine. In third place with five, it's Tiff. Uh, the stragglers in the back, we've got a tie for fourth place, three points each, Brian and Justin. Jason's really feeling the hurt from the lack of Dan Moore, and he's in yeah. sixth with one point. As predicted, I Steve. got nothing. That's predicted. Mm-hmm. Here we are. We're just hanging around back here. It's kind of keeping the, the start square nice and comfy and warm. It's peaceful back here. That's right. Things could change, though, in this round, which is round five. And the word for round five is... Screeve. Screeve. That's spelled S-C-R-E-E-V-E. Screeve. Please, won't you send me your definitions for screeve? Now. Christopher Screeve was my favorite Superman. Mm. I use Screevener to write my novel every day. Just stop. <laughs> stop screeving me out. I'm going to screeve. The first Screeve movie was really the best, and after that, they were pretty terrific <laughs> horror comedies. So. Uh, screeve Lutz. Oh, no. Oh, no. I almost think I know what this word is. That's exactly how I feel about it. <laughs> I've been getting so many telemarketers lately that I've had to screeve my calls. Brian. Brian. You're getting sweaty, Brian. He's going through all seven stages of screef. <laughs> Jason. <laughs> oh. All right. All of the definitions, thank God, are in for the word <laughs> screeve. Are you sure? Because I got more. No, that's okay. Uh, So let's read those definitions now, and then you guys can decide which one is real. Screeve. The act of removing fat from salt-preserved meat. Small stones found on the sides of mountains. The light dampening cover for lighting equipment. An extinct species of miniature cat 
which at maturity weighed under two kilograms. A worker in Mesopotamia who carved accounting reckonings into clay tablets. Hmm. Draw on the sidewalk with chalk. Or a dance move popular in the Old West. <laughs> Screeve your partner side to side. <laughs> He's the finest <laughs> screever in the wilderness. <laughs> well, that's old Screevy B. Jenkins. He lives up by the Potter Farm. I ain't never seen nobody screeve like him before. <laughs> well, that's because you ain't been to Mesopotamia. <laughs> that's right. Tiff, won't you save us from this madness by telling us which of those definitions is the real one for Screeve? All right. I, I think I'm ready for this. I, All right. One really Are you ready for this? I am. Yeah, Jock Jams. Anyway, so draw on the sidewalk with chalk. How did you know my prison nickname? Jock Jams. I mean, that wasn't funny at all. Sorry. No, it was terrible. To draw on the sidewalk with chalk, is that what you're going with? Yeah. All right. I'll take it. Uh, Jason. Let's go with, oh boy. I, wa- I want to do like a Moe's thing here and say, well, it's very obviously not related to cats because I have no, I have no answers. Um, hmm. Oh, man. There are a bunch that sound sort of good, which is better than usual for a round of this game when they all sound it terrible. Is. Yep. They all but but I'm having trouble choosing between the ones that are there. I will no doubt choose exactly the wrong one. Uh I'm gonna go with uh small stones. Uh, no, I'm gonna go with a light dampening cover for lightning equipment. So it's gonna be the small Boy. stones. People who are betting against me who are uh, go with the the one that I didn't pick. So that light dampening quick cover. Screeve might cost you. It could. It could. I Ooh, who's up next? It's Aline. It's me. Mario. <laughs> Uh, I'm going to say it's an extinct species of cat. All right. Oh, boy. Wow. Well, I think you just affected Moses' uh, future answer. We'll see when we get to him. Brian. So as a big, 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 big fan of bacon, uh, I am going to choose removing fat from salt-cured oh, meat. you take out the fat, that wrecks the bacon. And Justin? Could you read me the small stones one again, sure. please? Small stones found on the sides of mountains. I'm going to go with that one because Jason passed. Yeah. Sounded better all the time now, too. Mm, boy, that would be yeah. the sides. The sides of the mountains <clears throat> bothers me. It would be down at the bottom of the mountain, I think, is where I would have liked to have seen those stones. Well, it's Scrove when it hits the bottom of the mountain. Mm. It's Screve when it's on the side. Screve sounds more like an action, though, not a thing. I don't know. And Mose, uh, tell us what it's all about, Mose. I think Justin is on to something. Jason was close. <laughs> I think very close, mm. but I like this, the idea of screeve and stones. I like the way Justin made it sound. I'm going with it. All right. Justin and Mose have got stones. All right. Let's see how that all panned out. Uh, Brian thought that screeve was the act of removing fat from salt-preserved meat. I have no idea why you'd want to do that. The fat is the best part. Uh, and that was Justin's answer anyway. So one point for Justin. I have family that does that, so don't be dissing the bacon. Justin and Moe's, meanwhile, both thought oh. that Screve was the small stones found on the sides of mountains. Jason veered off at the last second. Will he regret it? 
He will not. That was Aline's answer. Two points for Aline. <laughs> oh, my God. God my wife <laughs> strikes again. Oh. Scree. Jason veered off, meanwhile, to the light-dampening cover for lighting equipment. One point to Moe's. Mm. I knew that was Moe's. I, I knew you'd know it. Hello, fellow scrim, light person. Scrim. Exactly. Uh, scrim. Yeah. Got me. Uh, Aline thought that a scree was an extinct species of miniature cat, which at maturity weighed under two kilograms. That was Tiff's answer. So one point for Tiff. Nice. Tiff, will you get any points for your guess of to draw on the sidewalk with chalk? Come on, no whammy. Yes, you will. You will get two points for that because that is the definition of Thanks, Mary Poppins. Oh my gosh. It's from Mary Poppins. Three points for Tiff. So our leaderboard looks very similar to what it did at uh, the previous round. But after round five, we still have Aline in the lead with 13 points. Maybe in striking distance. She'd have to have a hell of a sixth round to get there. Uh, in second place with 10 points is Moe's. In third with eight is Tiff. In fourth with four points, Justin. Uh, in fifth with three, it's Brian. In sixth with one, he hasn't made much motion at all since round two. Nope. Uh, is Jason He's just Biden, Biden his time, I think. Mm-hmm. He likes he starts slow, and then he kicks it into gear right around round uh, 11 or yep. so. so uh, and I've got nothing. Uh, so what's next? Oh, looky here. It's round six. Wait. What? Is it the crazy <laughs> round? No. Round oh. six is not the crazy round. Round six is crazy privileges have been revoked. It knows what it did. <laughs> oh. <laughs> And so does Moe's, who was a, an accomplice in that. No, no, round six is no crazy round. Round six, in fact, as punishment for its uh, transgressions, <laughs> I'm going to make round six another round of everybody's favorite round type. Goo, complete me. <laughs> uh, in this round, basically what we do is I type a search term, or I start to type a search term into Google, and autocomplete helpfully suggests what I might be searching for. Presumably that's what most people search for when uh, they type in the first couple of words that I typed in. So uh, when we typed in on, in the last round the search term, why does the Death Star, uh, Google autocomplete thought I was going to type in, why does the Death Star have a hole for some reason that I still haven't really worked out. <laughs> but it did. Uh, and uh, in the interest of parody between Star Wars and Star Trek, I think in this round we will go with this. When I typed in, what if Mr. Spock into Google, what did Autocomplete follow that up with? What if Mr. Spock? Please tell me what Autocomplete suggested for me now. What if Mr. Spock? Indeed, what if? What if, comma, Mr. Spock? question is highly illogical. Hey, Mr. Spock, what you gonna do? What you gonna do to make our dreams come true? <laughs> wow. Things get a little punchy at midnight around your house. You know me? What yeah. are you talking about? Uh, I don't know. Totally normal around here. You're not alone, Tiff. It's me. You're Aline doll. Oh, hi, Aline. I'm so I glad. thought you cut her up. No. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> She's still here with me. Uh. Her hair's so soft. All righty, all of the autocomplete suggestions are in for the search term, what if Mr. Spock? And I have to note that two of the suggestions were very close to each other, so I'm going to combine them into one answer, and if anybody guesses that, you each get points. So I will only be reading six 
answers this time. Mm. So one of these is really what Google Autocomplete suggested. What if Mr. Spock was the captain? What if Mr. Spock married an Earth woman? What if Mr. Spock lived? <laughs> the Vulcan who lived. What if Mr. Spock fell in love? What if Mr. Spock didn't have pointy ears? <laughs> or what if Mr. Spock got married? Those are the potential suggestions that autocomplete might have added on to my what if Mr. Spock search term. I'm really disappointed that Meta Dinosaur was not one of those. But Meta Dinosaur is not <laughs> on there. Oh, dang. But Jason, you're the first to tell us which one it is. So uh, fire away. Uh, what if Mr. Spock lived? What if Mr. Spock lived, Jason? What then? I don't know. It would be crazy. <laughs> That's all I know. Because he's a fictional character. <sighs> Aline. Pointy ears. Didn't have pointy ears? Mm-hmm. All righty. Brian. The same question I ask myself every day. What if Mr. Spock fell in love? What if Mr. Spock fell in love? What do you think would happen, Brian? You're asking the wrong person. I don't watch Star Trek. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> we talked about this. We did talk about this. You, me, and Justin, we, uh, we were eating mac and cheese and talking about how I had never seen Star Trek 2. All righty then. Uh, Justin. Well, I was going to go with didn't have pointy ears, but then Aline picked it. And I don't have an Aline doll, so I don't feel mm. like I can pick that now. Um, I'm going to go with uh, fell in love. Fell in love. Well, we just harangued Brian for not knowing what would happen. What do you think would happen, Justin? I don't know. I didn't write the show. Like, oh uh, he'd probably, like, I don't know. He'd fall in love with, like, uh, who would he fall in love with? Probably, like, Scotty, I think. Scotty's pretty lonely down there in sure, engineering. Why, why not? You know? I mean. He's got, the, he's got those big tubes you can crawl around in, too. And they'd have science to talk about together, you know? Sure. Um, and then there could be a love triangle with Dr. McCoy. Yeah, this kind of writes itself. There's probably it really some does. fiction out there. Maybe you are a Star Trek writer and you just don't know it yet. Mm. I think uh, the Naked Times 3 is in our near future here. Mm. <laughs> Mose. What if All Mr. Right. Spock? Mose. I thought got married was pretty strong of an idea. Most people would ask that. Then I listened to basically Trekkie type people, people I respect in the Trekkie field. What was Jason's answer? What if Mr. Spock lived? I'm going to go with people who know. Let's go lived. Let's go, go lived. Go with the guy with one point. Good thinking. <laughs> That's why it's perfect. And Tiff. I think I'm also going to go lived because that's what I almost typed. So go lived. Go lived. All right. Go lived or go home. Well, let's see. Is that what uh, most people were going to complete when they typed in what if Mr. Spock? What if Mr. Spock lived? Jason, Mose, and Tiff. Oh. Well, uh, Brian Hamilton would probably get three points uh. if Mr. Spock lived, because that was his answer. What you didn't know, Aline and Justin, is that I've since seen Star Trek II. Oh. <laughs> so deceptive. That's a Gasp power and outrage. Right that is a power play. Uh, Brian and Justin, meanwhile, both thought that uh, what if Mr. Spock fell in love was the most intriguing option. That was Tiff's answer, so two points for Tiff. Nice. Aline, meanwhile, thought that what if Mr. Spock didn't have pointy ears was the right answer. That was, uh, that was actually Aline's answer, so no points for that. But, oh. uh, My gambit did not work. It was a good did effort. Did not work. So that means that nobody correctly guessed wow. the what autocomplete supplied when I typed in what if Mr. Spock, which is what if Mr. Spock married, married an, an Earth, Earth woman. woman. Hmm. 
Believe it or not, oh, that yeah. was in the box for me to send to you, Steve. And then I changed no it kidding. to, to you Boys the out. Captain. Yeah. Oh. So, wow. That was something. <laughs> so after round six. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> after round six, Aline still leads with 13 points. We now have a tie for second. 10 points each for Moe's and Tiff. Whoa. Sorry, and a tie for fourth place. I have snuck up on Brian, and uh, we both have six points each. In sixth place, with four points, is Justin, and now in seventh. I'm holding it I'm down sorry, back Jason. here, Steve. Still got one point. It's, uh, it's not a shutout, though. Keeping the starting place clean. Good. I like that. So uh, let's move on to, oh, everybody, it's round seven. It's the crazy round! Whoa! <laughs> round seven, the craziest round of all. It's the round where anything can happen. Uh-huh. Eat it, round six. So, uh, <laughs> Round seven's in town. Oh, uh, yeah. And it's the craziest. Although I wrote it with a C instead of a K, so it can't be that crazy. Uh, so, our word for the crazy round is... Gentacular. Gen... Tacular. That's spelled J E N T A C U L A R. Gentacular. Please, won't you send me those definitions for gentacular now? So I was noticing my Aline doll kind of looks like Wildstyle. I'll take it. So I'm going to start calling my Wildstyle minifig. <laughs> hey, girl. <laughs> <laughs> Gentacular. <laughs> wow. Uh, everybody's on the same wavelength right now. Definition wise? Mm hmm. Huh. Alrighty, all the definitions are in for the crazy round. The word was gentacular. And these are the definitions that I got for that word. Gentacular. Pertaining to an early breakfast. An affectionate term commonly used for significant others named Jennifer. A superlative describing movement. A sweet 16 party for a girl named Jen. (laughs) An annual convention for people named Jennifer. (laughs) The lens in the viewfinder of a telescope. Or an eye drop used to treat eye pain and ocular inflammation. So... You've all given up. (laughs) That's all right. The crazy round brings that out in people. Uh, We're back around to the start. So uh, Aline gets to pick first from those gentacular definitions. Which do you think it is, Aline? (laughs) I'm throwing out everything with the name Jen in it. Uh Uh-huh. I can't, I can't imagine why you would do that. Yeah, it's Um, your funeral. It's totally the Jensenera. Not a gentacular. <laughs> mm. That's actually hen senyera. You're mispronouncing uh, I'm it. sorry. <laughs> My apologies. Okay, what is the one, something about describing movement? Uh, superlative describing movement. Oh, I mostly had it. Um, like, I just had a real gentacular movement. <laughs> I think you need to see a doctor. Um, <laughs> they're real, and they're gentacular. <laughs> This podcast is over. <laughs> okay, um, um, okay, now I feel like time pressure that I'm putting on myself. Don't, because Moe's will go on for like 10 times this amount. So it's <laughs> right. Actually, Moe's, why I've don't you get started with your long. analysis now while everybody else gives me their answers? 
and you'll be wrapping up by the time it gets around to you. <laughs> okay, I'm just uh, viewfinder to telescope. Okay. I mm, yeah. Man, you laser focused in on that all of a sudden. That's good. Uh, Brian. Hmm. I have hmm. opinions. Do you? Yeah, yeah. I, I got some opinions, and my opinion is that gentacular is a superlative describing movement because reasons. All I'm right. going with that one. It's no worse than any other opinion I've heard. Justin, what's a gentacular? I'm going to go with my wife on this one, go with the lens and the telescope because you got to keep an eye on Mr. Spock somehow, right? Mm. That's, a, that's a good point. And his Earthwoman wife. I, I guess, yeah. Wow. What if they got married? And fell in love. Hmm. And he didn't have pointy ears. And he lived. And he was the captain. The mind boggles. This is such a happy story. <laughs> <laughs> Mose, what's the, what do you think gentacular is? Jen's off the table. Huh? I, things relating to the eye, it seems like you'd want to go that way. Hmm. It's not the case. Hmm. There's only two that fall into my realm. Hmm. And that's the movement one uh-huh. and breakfast. Uh-huh. Breakfast and movement gentacular. Yeah. Breakfast and movement do often go together. Well, one usually follows the other. Exactly. That's right. I wouldn't. I wouldn't recommend combining healthy. the two. To be honest with you, if if you're a man of a certain age, exactly. You get some fiber. So we're going to go with breakfast. It's the most important. We're go with breakfast. Answer of the day. Are Are we going to go at breakfast? That's the question. After. No, it's not. Tiff, what do you think? You going to follow the Mo's to an early mm, breakfast? I think. I think I might follow the Mo's. Uh, but can you read the breakfast one? Pertaining to an early breakfast. It's pretty good. Okay, I'm going to go breakfast. Breakfast. Breakfast for two. All right, Jason. I'm going with the eye drop to treat eye pain. Eye I will drop. not follow you, Moe's. I will not. Bad All idea. Right. Well, uh, let's see if that's right. Uh, Jason thought it was an eye drop used to treat eye pain and ocular inflammation. No, indeed, that was Aline's answer. Uh, so a point for Aline, and it was actually a bad idea. Mose was right. Uh, Aline and Justin, meanwhile, both thought that a gentacular was the lens in the viewfinder of a telescope. It was not. That was Jason's answer. Yeah, so you're two my Dan Moran. For Jason. Ah, <laughs> Pulling him, kicking and screaming off of the start square. Good job. Mose and Tiff both thought that gentacular was pertaining to an early breakfast. I've got gentacular news for you. That's what it is. What? It's a breakfast, Jeff. Oh first God. thing, first thing in the morning, you take breakfast a post-gentacular walk. You do it right after, or a post-gentacular movement, for that matter. Speaking of which, where's your wicker mose? Speaking of which, <laughs> uh, Brian thought the gentacular was a superlative describing movement. Uh, Mose was responsible for that superlative movement. So oh. another point to Mose. He's making a strong move in the crazy round again. You seem to favor the crazy round, Mose. Not sure why that is. It, it comes. With the, it's I, this is where the hook really starts to sink in. Uh huh. Well, it didn't sink in far enough yet because Aline still leads after seven rounds with fourteen points. Uh, Mose, however, is now in second, one point behind her with thirteen. <sighs> Uh, directly behind him in third is Tiff with 12 points. Tied for fourth with six points each, Brian and I. Uh, in sixth with four points is Justin, and Jason's making his move, mm-hmm. folks. He's still in seventh, but he's got three, count them, three, three, count em. three points. Well, good job, Jason. 
All right. Well, that was the crazy round. Anything could happen. Some stuff did, I guess. It's crazy round. Let's, uh, let's move on to a more sane round in round eight. And in round eight, our word is this. Sardoodledum. Yes. Sardoodledum. That's spelled S-A-R-D-O-O-D-L-E-D-O-M. Sardoodledum. Please, won't you send me those definitions for sardoodledum? Now. I'm always suspicious that Pages thinks all of these are spelled wrong. Pages doesn't know anything. It's like beyond vocabulary. Yeah, these aren't in the normal dictionaries. There are abnormal dictionaries? Yes. That's right. The world is full of dictionaries. When Sardoodle Beetles battle, it's a Sardoodle Beetle battle. <laughs> and when they battle in a bottle, it's a Sardoodle Beetle bottle battle. What about if they battle in a bottle with, a, with some butter uh, and a boater? <laughs> it's a Sardoodle Butter Boater battle. And if they battle on the bottle and the bottle's on a poodle and the poodle's eating noodles, it's Sardoodle Bottle Poodle Buttle Battle. Poodle Buttle Battle Puddle Puddle? That's right, Mr. Fox, sir. You heard me. Well, I never. All right. All of the definitions are in for Sardoodledom. Here they are. Sardoodledom? I hardly know them. (laughs) I can't believe I let you get there first. I'm slipping. All right. Sardoodledom. A kingdom whose downfall was precipitated by the continual arguing and infighting of its ruling class. A sarcastic term for the working class. An edible tree bark that has the flavor of toasted marshmallow. A manner of bitter sarcasm. A play with an overwritten and melodramatic plot. A bushel of apples that has gone bad. Or a West African beetle sought after for its pearlescent carapace and its abilities at butter battles in bottles. So those are your options for the word sardoodledum. And the first to get to guess from amongst those is Brian Hamilton. Brian, sardoodledum. If David Lohr were here, I would say that he picked, or wrote rather, the uh, the play one. However, because he is not here, and that still is here, my guess is that it is correct. Whichever one had the play. Play with an overwritten and melodramatic plot. Indeed. Overwritten, melodramatic. Okay. Uh, Justin, what do you think? I'm going to go with the play as well. All right. Two with a play. Moe's care to join him? To be honest with you, yeah. Yes. And let me tell you why. <laughs> the play's the oh. thing? Must you? No, I don't. I, in fact, I'm not. Just know that because Brian picked this one is why uh-huh. I'm picking this one. Interesting. Oh, I love you too, Moe's. Oh, I love you too. First, I guess. Tiff, what do you think is a sardoodledum? What was the one after the play? A bushel of apples that has gone bad. Okay, the one before the play. A manner of bitter sarcasm. That one. Uh, Jason. Follow the tiff. Sarcasm. Follow follow the tiff, you say. Interesting. All I'm right. lossless. What can I say? Mm. That was a nerd joke. Yeah. God. And Aline. Uh, see, my first inclination was the, the overwritten play or overwritten plot in a play or whatever. Mm-hmm. I think I've got to go with it. Go with it. I think I've got to. I say go with it. And you know why I say go with it? Aline, Brian, Justin, and Mose, because that is the correct definition for sardoodledom. Wow. Nice. Woo. Two points to each of you. I'm sorry, Jason. Wow. No, I was never going to pick that one. 
It's so obviously not right. <laughs> <laughs> the only other answer that was guessed was a manner of bitter sarcasm, which was guessed by both Tiff and Jason. Thank goodness it wasn't guessed by one more person because that was Moses' answer. <gasps> he now has 17 <clears throat> points. Oh, my God. Oh, wow, one away nose. from the win. Huh. This is very huh. interesting. <laughs> Isn't it? What, what, what do we, what, what's the, the top score to win? 18. 18. Hmm. Unless we're in Vietnam right now. Are we in Vietnam? No. Not since no. 1975. We're not going to make that joke. 18 it is. No, 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 19. Oh, there it is. So, after round eight, wow, uh, what a strike from Moe's. He, he gets four points that turn and ends up with uh, 17 for the lead. That uh, slots Aline into second place. She also had two points that turn, but uh, she ends up with 16. So, she also is very close to the Ooh. win. Could go either way. Uh, third place with 12 points is Tiff. Fourth place with eight is Brian. Uh, tied for fifth with six each. It's Justin and me. And uh, Jason's still hovering around in the back with three points. Mm-hmm. But you know what? You could have a strong showing this round. No. Just have to see. Seems unlikely. Just have to see. So, uh, fortunately for everyone, this is not a standard word round coming up in round nine. No, no, indeed. So maybe we'll trip up Moe's with this one. Uh, this is a round, actually, that was submitted... By uh, by Robert and Francesca in Berlin, a lovely couple that sent me a very nice note. Uh, they listened to the show together on the couch, and um, they came up with some great words and round suggestions for me. Uh, they did not come up with a dumb name for this round, which uh, which was in fact all me. It's called All Greek to Me. Basically, the way this works, it's idioms. So different countries and regions, they all have peculiar idioms that uh, wouldn't necessarily make any sense to somebody outside of that region. Uh, for example, we readily understand that cut the mustard means to succeed or meet expectations. But if you presented that phrase to, say, a Mongolian, they would probably look at you like you're a crazy person even if you translated it directly into their native language. So uh, what I'm going to do here in this round is I'm going to give you a seemingly nonsensical idiom, which was translated literally from another country and from that country's language. And uh, you tell me what that idiom means. So the, uh, the idiom for this particular round comes from Latvia. And uh, the term is pust pilites, pust pilites. And uh, literally translated into English, that phrase means to blow little ducks. Steve. To blow Steve. little ducks. L- level with me. Level with me. Yes. Say the real idiom. Come on. Pust pilites is the real idiom. In English, to blow little ducks. Please blow your little answers my way now. Well, it's not quite Latvian, but... Uh, while you guys are coming up with your answers, I'll sing you a little song that was taught to me by my, uh, my Lithuanian roommate, Algirdas Vetas, a couple of decades ago. It goes like this. Algirdas Vetas, Volge Pomodoro, Persko Petrora, Pagadina Ora, la 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 la. You get the idea. Means uh, means Algirdas Vetas eats a tomato, jumps over a fence, and spoils the air. It's a real song. Are you blowing little ducks? 
All right, all of the answers are in for To Blow Little Ducks. And uh, guys, I got some bad news for you. The first appearance of the sad face in my spreadsheet uh, is nigh because somebody wrote the right answer. Oh. And that somebody was Moe's. <gasps> what? <laughs> what? Are you kidding me? Oh, my God. I was hoping it would be me and I'd be prom queen. Damn. So <laughs> Moe's pulls in to the finish line with 20 points. Oh, my uh, God. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm sorry, everyone, because this was absolutely knows. not expected. Oh, I, I can't believe I got this award. I didn't expect it. Oh, my goodness. We're going to go ahead and finish out this round because it's possible that Aline could uh, score two points here and and pull in with him, and we end up with a tie. So That's right. All right. So let's hear what the rest of you came up with as the uh, the meaning of the literally translated idiom from the Latvian that means to blow little ducks, to go with the flow. Making many wise investments, to talk nonsense or to lie, to tell white lies, a nosebleed, or to disappoint your children. So those are the options. One of those is, in fact, what the Latvians mean when they say pustpilites. And uh, the first to guess from amongst those is Justin. Oh, my goodness. Um... Your uh, your wife isn't currently making flailing motions in your direction or anything, is she? My my back is to her. I, oh, I okay. can't I can't look at her. That wouldn't be fair. What what would Aline have written? Let's see here. What would she have written? The question is, do you want to push her over the finish line or do you want to pull her back? Let me think about that for a second. Do I want to help my wife, whom I live with, win the game, or at least tie tie to win the game, or do I want to let Moe's take away the the trophy all on his own. Let me think about that. That's a tough one. To be honest, I already have the trophy. I'm just, just letting you know. Yeah, but if uh, if you tie, you're going to have to cut half of that and send it to Aline. I have a question. I, I mean, we know sure. he already won, right? Like, And this uh-huh. is my first time on the game, so sure. I, I, I apologize for the ignorance. But like, he already won. D- why does he still get to talk? <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. It's a solid Indeed. question. Solid question. Anyway, uh, <laughs> I'm going to go with the white lies. I'm going to go with the white lies. Sounds, sounds enish. All right. Justin goes with the white lies. Mose doesn't get a say, although I'm sure he's got something prepared. Uh, Tiff, what do you think? Uh, the white lies. The white lies for Tiff. Seem fluffy like little ducks. Uh, Jason. White lies. Uh, Aline. I'm going to go with the flow gonna go with the flow i'm gonna go with the flow and you're gonna say to tell white lies <laughs> or are you gonna actually say to go with the flow this is a very confusing uh, round it's a very confusing round you see go with the flow is an idiom for do what everyone else does <laughs> oh interesting how do you translate that into latvian Brian. Yeah, you answered an idiom with an idiom. That's interesting. Um to, I go, will, with, to go with the flow is your answer I will, yes i will literally choose to go with the flow beautiful uh, Brian, I will go with the flow and choose white lies. Okay, uh, mm. sure. Why not? That will cut the mustard, Brian. Very interesting. Uh, and uh, oh, that's everybody. We've taken in five answers. So uh, let's start with uh, what Aline guessed. 
She thought that to blow little ducks was to go with the flow. Uh, if so, then uh, that's two points for her, and she ends up with a tie with Moe's. But it was not the correct answer. Oh. <laughs> it was, in fact, Tiff's answer to go nice. with the Nice, okay. The way you did that, I was like, wait, what's happening here? <laughs> everybody, and I do mean everybody else, except for Moe's, uh, thought that to blow little ducks was to tell white lies. That is not, in fact, what to blow little ducks means. But it is Aline's answer, <gasps> so four points to Aline. <laughs> oh, my God! Oh, hell yes! Who ends she up in it. a literal tie with Moe's with 20 points. Wow. So uh, no <sighs> controversy about nope. that one. Even in Vietnam, this is a valid result. Indeed <laughs> 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 Amazing. So that means that... Uh, after nine rounds, Moe's and Aline have both tied for the victory in low definition. Good job, Aline and Moe's. That was absolutely amazing. <laughs> that was brilliant. By the way, the, uh, the actual definition or the actual idiom to blow little ducks means to talk nonsense or to lie. I had to debate whether to, t to lie or to tell white lies were the same thing, and I thought they were just different enough that I couldn't give her the points for it, but I'm glad she came back and got them anyway. So nice job. Wow. And uh, I don't get my customary six points there because uh, Mose, who came in with to talk nonsense, uh, took them away from me by guessing the correct definition. So uh, that is an impressive and incredibly lucky move on Moses' part. So nice job. So uh, that does it uh, for low definition. Uh, Moses and Aline win with 20 points each. Uh, in third place with 13. Nice showing, Tiff. Good job. Is Thank you. Tiffany Armand. My best yet. Indeed. You're, uh, I I'm pretty sure the next one is your game. Always a bridesmaid, never a bride. <laughs> <laughs> In fourth place with eight was Brian, uh, tied for fifth with six points each. Justin and I, good job, Justin. Nice job for your first game. Well done. Yeah, tying the host. I mean, that's that's great for this show, right? Yeah. I think you have satisfactorily graduated from the kids' table, which is where your host sits, actually. But hmm? uh, and uh, Jason had three points. Hi. Yay! There's Jason. <laughs> hey Next time we got to make sure that Dan is not occupied. Yeah. Uh, when you when you join us for Logan seriously, Finish. I need those points. So, uh, great job, everybody, uh, folks! If you uh, if you want to send us uh, kudos of a kind, you can uh, always hit us up at lowdefgs on Twitter. The GS stands for good spaghetti. Or if you have round or word ideas, I would prefer that you send them to the email account where our sketchy uh, panelists cannot read them, and that is lowdefgs at gmail.com uh, I want to thank my players for tonight's game thank you Aline, Brian, Justin Mose, Tiff and Jason uh, I've been Steve Lutz and until we meet again don't step in the wabigong good night <laughs> <laughs>